10-year constant maturity treasury rate is forecast for a big drop in 2024. The complex truth about reverse mortgages. The Reverse Market Minute with John McHugh from RMI. And Americans say they'll need $5,000 a month to retire comfortably. These are your top reverse mortgage news stories for the week of August 28th. You're listening to Heckam World Weekly, the nation's only weekly podcast for you, the reverse mortgage professional. The Statista Research Department, who correctly forecast August 10-year constant maturity treasury rate, which in part determines the expected rate for the home equity conversion mortgage, released their latest forecast for the index. The group forecast a significant drop in the index to 2.63% by March of 2024. Today, we're just over 4%. Should home values hold relatively steady, this could prove to be a significant tailwind for the reverse mortgage lenders and originators that have been challenged by reduced principal limit factors in a rapidly rising interest rate environment. If the forecast does come to pass, a rate of 2.63%, would put the 10-year CMT index where it was in April and August of 2022. In TV commercials, pitchman Tom Selleck hawks the virtues of reverse mortgages, but are they a lifeline for retirees or a hoax? So begins a recent column in Financial Advisor Magazine Online. They say the truth is complicated and nuanced. In fact, few advisors even want to talk about them. Since their introduction in the early 1960s, reverse mortgages developed an unsavory reputation before they had a federal standard. Then in 1989, to rein in unscrupulous lenders who fleeced unsuspecting senior citizens out of their home, the federal government stepped in, creating the Home Equity Conversion Mortgage, beginning with a pilot program. Over the years, the federal safeguards have been strengthened. Since 2014, borrowers must undergo a financial assessment before being approved, and non-borrowing spouses are now able to keep living in the home even after the borrower has left or died. In addition, notes Financial Advisor Magazine, 24 states in the District of Columbia have their own reverse mortgage laws that either reinforce or expand the federal regulations. But the article says there are a few catches. Not all homes or borrowers will qualify. Eligibility depends on many factors, including age, financial responsibility, and debt levels. And borrowers must stay in the home and maintain its upkeep, including paying for insurance and taxes. It should be noted that one paying their insurance and taxes and property charges is a requirement with a traditional mortgage as well. Otherwise, the lender can foreclose if those guidelines are not met. Loan amounts are set by the lender, not by the borrower. Now, typically, the older you are, the more you can borrow, what we call PLFs or a principal limit factor. Also, the income from reverse mortgages counts against eligibility for Medicaid and SSI or Supplemental Social Security income, and that can be a big hit for those that are on a needs-based program. The case against reverse mortgages, says FA Magazine, Others are dubious. We consider reverse mortgages to be an arrow in the quiver, but not the first ones we would pull out, said Brian Leslie, Director of Financial Planning at Edelman Financial Engines in Omaha, Nebraska. Clients who don't exercise good spending discipline beforehand are likely to spend through the proceeds of a reverse mortgage, he said, and I would wholeheartedly agree. I've seen that myself. They find themselves struggling to upkeep with taxes and insurance. Even the best of these loans carry high fees, and he cited origination fees, closing costs, title insurance, recording charges, and possibly a monthly service fee. But what the column is overlooking is what is perhaps the biggest fee, and that is the upfront 2% FHA mortgage insurance premium. They also add if a borrower becomes unable to maintain the home or simply needs to leave it for any 
length of time or long-term care in a nursing home, the home could be seized. Any loved ones who are not co-borrowers but are still living there can end up homeless. And yes, residents who do live in a home that has a reverse mortgage should be notified by the borrower just in case that happens. Wade Fow, Dallas-based author of the Retirement Planning Guidebook, contends that reverse mortgages are, quote, best used as part of a responsible plan and not as a last resort. This week, we welcome back John McHugh from Reverse Market Insight for the Reverse Mortgage Market Minute to update us on the latest trends in reverse mortgage lending. Welcome back, John, to our monthly segment. What do you have for us this week? Thanks, Shannon. Now that the dust has fully settled on June's numbers, we can take a deeper dive into what exactly happened. The great thing is that, first of all, we saw an increase in endorsements by nearly 25% with 2,561 loans. And for those of you who are keeping track, July was even slightly better, rising an additional 9.4% to 2,802 endorsed loans. In fact, July's endorsements were the highest level since last November, if we exclude March's unnaturally boosted figure given merger and acquisition elements in the market. Speaking of the merger and acquisition element, the FAR and AAG acquisition looks to be settling out in the volume figures. FAR led the way in June for the top 10 lenders, rising by over 280% to 822 loans. It is important to note that this number is consolidating both the FAR and AAG endorsement numbers following their March 31st acquisition of AAG. Cherry Creek also set a new company record at 127 loans, which was up over 35% for May, and Liberty had a nice gain of over 7% to 194 loans. As you would also expect, we saw some real improvements in nine of the 10 regions. A few of those regions to highlight are the New York, New Jersey region, which rocketed nearly 77% to 122 loans. The Great Plains leaped 64.5% to 51 loans, and the Southwest rose 45.5% to 275 loans. Finally, we always like to highlight case number assignments because these are the best indicator of future endorsements for the upcoming months. And in June, we saw a small decline from May's numbers of just under 6% decrease with 3,797 case numbers assigned. The new equity takeout cases issue dropped slightly by 5.7% to 3,100, but still a pretty good number overall. And nice to see this category still maintain, maintain, maintaining the lion's share of case numbers. Purchase also shrank slightly by just less than 1% to 230, and the Heckam to Heckam refinances had the largest drop here by 8.4% to 467, but this should be expected given the current lending environment. All in all though, through the first six months of the year, we are on pace for around 30 to 35,000 loans. And with current case number assignments, these volume levels should be easily attainable. However, I think we'd all like to see us closer to that 40,000 mark by the year end, but this will take some real work and the ability to continue to adapt in the current lending environment. Tune in next month to see what happened in July and what exactly drove the increase in endorsements for the third straight month. Thank you, John. In a survey released this month, investment firm Schroeder's found that non-retired U.S. adults expect that they'll need on average about $5,000 a month or over a million dollars total in retirement savings to afford a comfortable retirement, this according to a recent column in Money.com. At the same time, people are sorely lacking what the financial firm TIAA calls longevity literacy. In other words, many American adults lack a basic understanding of how long people tend to live in retirement. Schroeder's study, which surveyed 2,000 Americans between the ages of 27 to 79, 
found a discrepancy between how much monthly income folks say they'll need to retire comfortably and how much retirees are actually bringing in each month. Those who have not retired yet estimate they'll need about 4940 per month on average to retire, and millennials anticipated needing a little more than $5,135 a month. And people closing in on retirement, those between the ages of 60 and 65, say they require a little less, about 4800 However, the actual retirees that were surveyed by Schroeder's in the survey reported earning much less than this amount, including their Social Security benefits. Their total monthly income is about $4,100 on average. More than a third of retirees have incomes under $2,500 a month. The average monthly Social Security retirement payment is just under $1,800. And this leaves a significant shortfall of about $3,200 a month to reach what Americans say that they will need to live comfortably in their retirement years. Now, waiting to claim benefits to boost one's Social Security payouts is not an option for all Americans who can utilize that. In fact, many now find themselves in a cash flow crunch. That leaves older Americans with a couple of options. One is to continue working past their desired retirement date, and the other is to tap into other assets to help close their cash flow shortfall. And that wraps up another edition of Heckam World Weekly. We are now on Spotify and, of course, Apple users. You can continue to listen and subscribe on iTunes or at podbean.com. Be sure to check in this week on our latest edition of the Industry Leader Update, which came out today. We're going to be looking at some of the survey results of Mutual of Omaha's most recent study, and it shows that there is an incredible opportunity for our industry, but also a challenge that lies ahead. So for more details, be sure to go to hackandworld.com. Thanks again for joining us, and be sure to return next week for more reverse mortgage news, commentary, and analysis here at Hackham World.